This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. I wanted to speak about something that I think is, 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 is something to the core of what we appreciate, but we don't exactly understand what it is and why we appreciate it. And that's going to be about Chinuch. I want to um, speak about the concept of Hanukkah. Hanukkah, the, the main reason is that there are a thousand and one reasons why it's called Hanukkah with gematria, with, with, with all sorts of clues. But the real word is dedication. Um, so the temple had been savaged by the Ivanim, the Mizbeach, and so on. And now we had to rededicate it, and we made a dedication. <laughs> So, I'd like to ask a silly question, but I think a very important question. Um, a dedication is somewhat of a fundraiser for an organization. It's a nice event, it brings people, everybody comes, people are happy. It's, it, but it certainly would not call that a significant event in the sense of being essential. You can, without the governor cutting a ribbon, the road is still going to carry the traffic. The ribbon cutting is a ceremony. And yet, the concept of chinuch, in that sense, is actually a Torah law. It's actually um, an important part of temple service. And I want to um, try to display, show that. It says a whole parasha, a long parasha, possibly the longest parasha of the Torah, about the dedication of the Mizbeach. And that is the, what we lay on Hanukkah, about the Hanukkah of the Mizbeach. And every day there would be another Nasi with another carbon. This wasn't just a ceremony. It was a law. It was a law that you could not start the worship until you don't have this Chinuch. The Tur, who is one of the great post-givers, can I just ask if it's possible to keep the door closed on? It's really kind of disturbing. Okay? If you just... Uh, um, if the... Okay. Um, it, the tour, who is one of the great post-skim, brings the following um, observation, quasi-halachic observation on the Torah. The Torah wrote a commentary on the Torah, not well-known, but it's, it's there. And he says, from the parsha in Nasso we learn that any time there would be a, a new opening of the temple, a renewed opening, the law is you must start with a Hanukkah. So that's why the, the, the Torah gave us a whole procedure how to start. When, when Shlomo Melech built the, the Beis HaMikdash, there was a Hanukkah, and Hanukkah, when we rededicate it, it's not just a nice ceremony to mark good feelings. There's something about the ceremony itself that, or I would say it's not a ceremony. It is something that takes place within the context of what's called a Hanukkah that is essential to the functioning of that. And I would like to ask myself why. And it's obvious that if we're celebrating Hanukkah, 
we're not celebrating the ceremony. We're not making a ceremony to celebrate the ceremony. We're celebrating something that's happening, that, that happened, that was crucial for it to function. What was that? That's the point I'd like to address. I want to use that same, I, I, I want to go to the parasha we just laid and look at, at, at something which seems to be unrelated, but actually is going to have a lot of the same essence, we'll see. We have the story of Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef HaTzadik was taken from his brothers, his father's home. He was sold off in Egypt, terrible life, sent off to um, work by Potiphar, he became very successful, Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, tried to tempt him, and he withheld the temptation. And Yosef is given the appellation Tzadik, the righteous one, because of his strength of character and strength of person that was able to withstand such a terrible test. On the one hand, there is so much temptation. On the other hand, there's a, a threat of death or, or horrible imprisonment. And he withstood it. So he's called a Tzadik for that. The Gemara gives us a slightly different version of these events. <coughs> and the Gemara says um, he actually was about to sin. He had fallen to temptation. And it says, She grabbed him by his garment and she said, So Gemara tells us, at that moment, that he basically had succumbed. His father's image projected itself into, into that uh, place. He saw it in the window. And he told him, Yosef, Your brothers are going to be written one day on the Kohen Gadol's breastplate. There's going to be every name, every son of Jacob, is inscribed on a gem, on a different gem. The Atabenehem, and you're going to be one of them. Ritzon Would you like your name to be erased from that list? And you're going to be called a lowlife? He desisted, and, and that's where it went. That's taking away a lot. In other words, so it's Yosef is not the Tzadik. Imagine somebody's about to steal something, and I put my hand down and hold it back. You certainly wouldn't call the person a tzaddik. If anything, it's Yaakov's credit, not Yosef's credit. And it's not the normal way in which the Gemara or the Midrash deals with characters <coughs> in Chumash. There's a general flow. If the character is seen as being positive, the Midrash tries to show many positive aspects. If he's seen by the, if the general flow is he's negative, then, then we'll find many flaws hidden, strewn about amongst the words and sentences and so on. That's a norm that makes a lot of sense. The Torah is holding up somebody to be a model, so that's going to be very positive. If it's, if it's looking to denigrate somebody because he's bad, we'll find a lot of bad. Yosef is being held up as somebody extremely good, and that's his role. He's the Nazir Echov, he's the crown of brothers. So why in the world would we sort of pull back almost to a point where he's not so, so worthy anymore? And more than that, what did Yaakov tell him? He said, 
they're all going to be written on the, on the breastplate. Your name is not going to be there. Do you want that? To us, it sounds a little bit like honor, maybe? Was, was the issue that he was sort of saying, it's going to be very, very nice. You have a list of donors, and everybody's going to say, you know, this is a, where's your name? Where are you? It, I mean, it's it, it sort of motivation was kind of covered. What was the motivation there? So let's go back to our original point about Chinuch. And uh, we'll, 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 we'll see where the word comes from and what the point of it is. The first time a derivative of the word Chinuch comes in the Torah, it's in Parshas Lech Lecha. Well, the word Chanoch, actually Chanoch, the name Chanoch is, is Chinuch, but it's, it's a proper noun, it's not a... It's in Parshas Lech Lecha. It says, Avram heard that his brother, which meant his nephew Lot, was captured. Vayurik as Chanichov, and he rounded the troops. Chanichov means his trainees, his, his protégés. So Rashi says over here that the word Chanichov over here is Eliezer because he was mechanichim to mitzvahs. Like the word Chinuch as we use in, 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 in normal. And he says, V'huloshin hascholas knisas ha'odom o'klil umnis sh'osid lamapo. It is, it means the beginning of using something for any type of job or work. And it was first time use. Huh? Chinuch means the first time use. I mean, I mean, that's kind of, so when we're talking over here, it means the people I educated. So what does first time use mean? Yes, the word chinuch, as we use it in, in Hanukkah, Sabayas, means the first time using a house, you kind of make a, a, a Hanukkah, Sabayas. But he's using it over here in the original meaning, which is um, a, a protege, a, a student. I mean, why don't you say chinuch is somebody that I educated, developed, shaped, formed, any of, of that. V'chein, he says, chanuch lenar. The word chinuch, as used the way we use it, that's how it's used. So Rashi gives us a core definition. And he says, It is the, the, the beginning of something entering into a phase or something. So let's try to understand Rashi here. Because in a sense, that's the key to a lot of the other points over here. Imagine the following. Imagine a kid who's taught arithmetic in school. And he's a bright kid, and he was taught how to add two columns of numbers. If he's bright enough, he'll be able to do three columns of numbers, be able to do three rows. He'll, he'll be able on his own to move forward and to do many, many more rows and so on. What about algebra? Algebra is really a whole different world. And it really is not an extension of arithmetic. It's its own world. One in a million maybe could figure it out. You would have to invent algebra. It would not be, it would not be an extension of arithmetic. It would be a whole new idea. So that's something that's impossible without somebody to guide you into it. The, um, a person, and so on, from, from algebra to let's say calculus, it's not something that's at all a continuum. It's a whole new world, and 
it's impossible to lift yourself up mentally, intellectually, by your own bootstraps, because you, you, you're not continuing something. You're not extrapolating from what you know. It's something completely new. So whenever a person, academically, is studying something that is not an extrapolation of what he has, but it's a whole new world, really just just maybe continuous, but not no real, uh, 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 no segue, he needs someone to bring him to that new world. That word chinuch is closely related to a few other words with that same idea. For instance, the word chinuch, for nothing. A business is continuous. I, I brought you this, you paid me. I took the money and, and bought something from you. Back and forth, back and forth. When I give you a gift, totally unsolicited, that's chinuch. It starts in itself. It's not a continuation of something. The word chayin, as used in, in the word chayin, as used in beauty, is distinct from yofi. Yofi is a type of beauty that I can clearly identify the cause, color, symmetry, etc. Chayin, I struggle. I just say, I just like it. I like him. It's, it's, it's something, this person has a lot of chen. It means I can't put a finger on what it is about him that's so attractive, but it is. So the word chen, chinam, all of those words with that, with that root imply something from nothing. So chinuch is the process of taking things that come from nowhere, meaning they're not continuous with what I am, and giving it and, and, and being brought into that world. Let's understand it in terms of chinuch, of Yiddishkeit, and Torah. A child is a physical being when he's born, and he, it, it, if the mother and parents won't feed him, he has instincts to grab food. He may not be able to find it, it may be hard for him, but food is instinctive to him and it's natural to him. Parents are very helpful in providing it and filtering out good from the bad and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, um, it's part of his world. The, the social relationships are um, a little more complex, but there's a mechanism. Um, if I act very not nice to my friend, next time they don't choose me in a game. And I get feedback, and I'm upset, and there's a fight, and there's a this and that. It, it's, it's part of a world that I'm familiar with. A parent facilitates. I, I tell you what exactly the consequences are, and so on and so forth, but at the end of the day, it's part of my world. The spiritual world is not a natural part of anybody's world. It's out there, especially Torah. And I, wa I want to explain that difference. We think of spirituality, so, again, we'll say a very, very general world, like an Eastern, like an Asian-type religious spirituality. It's how to feel better. So, whereas a doctor recognizes hands and feet, so somebody will come along, there's energies, this and that. That's part of my world. I want to feel good. I like feeling good. And one person gives me an aspirin, one person gives me meditation. Torah is... Things that don't relate to this world, tefillin and tzitzis and, and krishna, they are part of another world. 
And unless somebody brings a child into that world, it's not going to happen. And that is chinuch in the way we understand it. It's true in, a, in, in chinuch as what we would call education, as a very lame, lame definition, but that's what it is. It also would be, um, in a mystical level, when you have things that have kedusha, a mizbeach is a connection. I put animal meat on it, and it connects me to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Mishka, the Beis Amikdash, those, those are physical worlds. Sticks and stones and gold and silver and diamonds have no connection with the spiritual world. So the act of dedicating, doing the Chanukah, the way the Torah said, is the way that it draws down that connection. Um, how that happens? It is mystical. I don't know. If I knew what Kedusha was, I'd be able to, to understand it. But that, the thing we know is, without that crucial piece that's called Hanukkah, it would be stones. It would, be, it, w- it would just be a collection of physical objects. The, the concept of Meshicha, the anointment, the oil, it's, is understood by many sperm like a flow. It's as if I open up the faucet and I, and I let it flow in. So the, the concept of Hanukkah means I need to start the flow going. I was thinking, I, it, sort of a, a picture, um, why was it so important to keep a Pach Shemin? The, the miracle centers around, yes, it burned to eight days, but it also centers around the fact that they had this, this jug of oil. I, I, you know, it, is, it appears that the, the, the divine service had been interrupted many times. It, it, was, it was really, there was a disaster. The, 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 the Yavanim had come in, they had upset everything. So obviously it had been, it had been you know, kind of limping along. And there probably was many times when they didn't bring. I mean, Chazal tells us later on about the Karim Tamid. Many things happened that it broke. So why was it so important? I think the answer is, if I can give a, a marshal, um, being a man and having gone to yeshiva at an age where people expected to take care of clothing if something happened, I had the, the, the um, undignified task of sometimes sewing a button on my own shirt or jacket. And let's forget the quality of the sewing, <laughs> but trying to get the thread through the needle hole was, was one of the most excruciating tasks. It didn't help that my mother, Lao Shalom, was worked in the garment industry, and she had hands of gold. She really, I, 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 I had hands of clay, I had hands of clay, and it didn't go. And I, and I recognized the value of keeping the thread in the needle. That's the common expression, the thread and needle. Very, very difficult. The, it, it is, to continue Kedusha is so much easier than having to create a new Kedusha. So in a small way, even though it was the Pach Hashem that was left over from the old time was sort of a, th- a needle. The thread was still there. It was a thread. There was something left. I didn't have to restart the process. And that's where it continued and so on. Um, I, I want to first speak a moment about what Chinuch is and, and so on. The, when we educate children in the secular sense of education, we're giving them a lot of valuable information that's been 
pre, pre, it's been prepared for them and arranged, and it's a facilitation. We expect it to be part of their world. This is their world. It's a physical world, and we tell them how to most efficiently utilize the physical world. Chinuch, in our sense, means connecting to a world that is beyond. And that's why it's so difficult. The world of Ruchnis is not naturally part of your world. And what you need to look for, more than anything else, are you opening up a window to a world beyond the child? When he's in his yeshiva, so we look at the quality of education is important, and, 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 the, and this is important, that's important. The question is, is the, is the yeshiva a window to a world that he couldn't imagine on his own? When we talk about big people, so, so today, unfortunately, everything is sort of wonder workers, magic shows kind of, you know, the, this rabbi said this rabbi said that. The real need to be in the presence and with great people is to see a, a world beyond your world, a, a, a world of values, a world of, 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 of just what makes the person a person, um, and, and everything that really is not part of your world. And if you don't have it, you haven't started the process. There is no chinuch. I want to go back to Yosef now and, and take a second look at that, at what Chazal are teaching us. It says in many sfarim, we didn't learn that story right. It was misleading the way it leads us. It was not that Yaakov projected his image kind of magically. We're very into magic today, and even without the phone in the back doing his stuff, that, you know, Yaakov Avinu projects image. That's not what it means. It means as Yosef went to do the Avera, the image of his father, it, it rose from his own mind. And that's where he connected. In other words, he had something that connected him because he had been connected. Um, I, I want to show an extraordinary point in Tosis. You know, we take, we take Medrash as kind of stories, and the nice stories, sort of. Tosis asks the following question. He's, he points out, it says over here that his father's image appeared before him, and it appeared in a window. So Tosis says, how does the Gemara know he appeared in a window? It, it, there's no hint in the Pasuk. That it, that it appeared in the window. Aren't we quibbling? I mean, you know, when you tell a story, so it, it was a bright, beautiful day, and say, well, did you check if it was a bright, beautiful day? No, that, that's a story. The, the Rambam says, um, in Mernavuch, when he speaks about different prophecies, he says, many times, there's just background scenery. So, I mean, the says his father appeared in the window. It, it sounds nice. No. Chazal, the Gemara, Every item that they put down has a point to it. What's the point of the window? It means in the environment that he was, halachically, a wall is a separation. A window, if, for instance, let's take as an Erev. Walls are a perfect Erev, even if it's full of windows. But for certain effects like tumma and so on, a window could possibly conduct a tumma. 
In other words, a window is, 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 is a halachic status of having a connection without being there. That's what a window is. And therefore, Chazal are picturing it to us exactly. In Yosef's world, Yosef was 22 years, the majority of his life. He was not by his father. He was in Egypt. He had, he had reasons, he had traumas that cut him off from his father's house. He says all of his siblings have turned against him. As far as he was concerned, his father never bothered to look for him. And now he was living it really high. So that was his world. That was not his world. But there was a window. And the window connected him to a different world. And that's why it's a greatness of Yosef, not of Yaakov. It wasn't Yaakov sitting back and sort of doing a magic trick and kind of, you know, projecting himself to scare Yosef away. Yosef had a deep in him. At his deepest point, he was connected. Even where he was, he had lost the connection. And therefore, he, he was able to, to resist that point. Um, I, 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 let me share a story of something similar in a sense. Um, when I grew up on Lori's side, there was a Hasidic Rebbe. Very fine person. I'm not going to say the name because the story is relevant to his Nobody would know anyway. But he came from tremendous yichas. <coughs> this person was a grandson of the Divrei Chaim, the sons of Rav, who was one of the giants of Hasidus, huge, Tom Chacham, recognized by the non-Hasidic world as a, as a, as a huge Tom Chacham, a, a, a tzaddik, a kadosh. And he's the, he was the father of Kloisenberg and many other dynasties. So he had a great-great-grandson that lived alongside a Hasidic Rebbe. This, fellow, this person had a brother who lived in Israel, but become much more modern. He was religious, but very modern, and you know, very well-dressed. He worked in a government office, in some sort of high government office, and, you know, and he would come every other year to visit his brother, which was those, those days for an Israeli to afford to come radicals were real. And he would always speak very well of himself, how important job that he has, etc., etc. And um, one day, one year comes, and my father asks him again, so how's the job? He says, I quit. Said, what happened? Did you, did you retire? He says, no, I'm not retiring agent, but I quit. I said, why? So he was a little embarrassed, but he said, let me tell you what happened. I was standing in the office, and in those days, smoking was a you know, normal social activity. And I, for those of you who remember... When, when, you, when you lit a cigarette from a cigarette, you know, you're like that. A, a very unsneeistic lady came over and asked him to, she needed to light a cigarette. And he stood and lit the cigarette. And as he was doing it, the thought came to him, the Divrei Chaim's grandson, aren't you ashamed of yourself? And he quit. That means, no matter, even though mentally, in many ways, emotionally, he had entered a different world, but he's still connected to that world. Chinuch is the quality of a yeshiva that we send our children, and the chinuch we give to them needs to include. It's not a question of how good and fine and well the child is. The connection to something beyond. And it's not because he'll become a great rabbi or something. It's because mentally he'll have a window to something that is beyond him. It's, it's not only, and it's, 
the Gemara says that of a hundred or a thousand that go into yeshiva, um, one becomes this great rabbi. That, that's fine. But the person feels that he has some connection with it. And that's why yeshivas provide an environment of total Torah study. And in, the, in the very formative years, like the years in Israel, when people go, because it's important that the person taste that world. If a person doesn't taste that world, he has no point of reference. And he's stuck in his own world. When a person is connected with a window to someplace above, a person can always draw from it. Someone told me yesterday, just to finish off, the gematria of chinuch is chalon, a window. And someone told us to me, what are you? Chinuch, what are you? The idea of chinuch is, and that's Chanukas hamizbeach, the, the, this was the tail end of the Beis Hamikdash. It really was the end of the end. Things were beginning to disintegrate. Things had disintegrated, and things would remain disintegrated for thousands of years. Everything was falling apart. Um, the, 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 the monarchy of Israel fell into disrepute and was going to go away. Um, the, 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 the old Torah, there was no nevuah. Everything was slowly disintegrating. Hanukkah meant that there would still be a, a window to something outside. And that's, in a sense, the, the way in which we do the mitzvah. We put it in the window. It says, Bishasa Sakana, when it's dangerous, at least leave it in the house and we use the window. In other words, the importance of Hanukkah is to have that sense of a connection to Kedusha and, and, and to worlds of Kedusha, even though right now we're not there. Because if we're connected to it, someday, Be'ez Hashem, we will get there. Be'ez Hashem. I failed the time. Uh, thank you. I'd like to take the opportunity once again to thank Rabbi Lapiansky for, in addition to radiating Torah in the community, as his role as the Rosh Hashiva and the Yeshiva of Greater Washington, for the many opportunities we have to hear Torah from directly. So thank you. Uh, everybody's uh, invited to go back. We have uh, music and dancing.